Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Monday, a busy Monday. Uh, it's been the Raiders taking care of some of their own. They keep uh, beefing up uh, that uh, that defensive line. It seems like a never-ending uh, quest right now for them to, uh, to 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 get better on the defensive line, um, to to bring in bodies, to bring in competition, to bring in potential, to bring in people that could get at the uh, quarterback. Uh, so uh, obviously, that's that's I mean, two more signings today. I think that brings it to five or six along the defensive line so far, and that's in addition. Uh, to bringing back Jonathan Hankins and redoing um, Carl Nassib's contract. So uh, it's pretty clear um, that the Raiders want to redo that defensive line, if not you know necessarily the, the, the main starters, uh, but be able to bring in competition and depth uh, in order to really get that defensive line in a position where it's um, contributing. And we all know uh, Gus Bradley, the new Raiders defensive coordinator, uh, part of his defense, a a big part of his defense, is predicated on being able to get after the quarterback with four uh, defenders up front. It could be, you know, that doesn't, it's not always going to be your four down linemen. Uh, He he has guys playing up. He uh, lines up with three down linemen and one line. You know, there's all sorts of different ways he does it. Uh, But the key uh, is, is that he needs to get it from four down linemen, four linemen, I should say, uh, up front, uh, and then be able to drop back uh, the seven uh, pass defenders, um, you know, uh, behind them uh, to, to blanket coverage in the cover three system. So we'll see where it goes. Uh, we'll get into all the details on who the Raiders have signed today. Uh, a big, huge vote of confidence uh, to Andre James, the young center who uh, is earmarked uh, to replace Rodney Hudson. Um, and so uh, um, that's a, a three-year contract, uh, $12 million, looks like $6 million of it guaranteed. So a, a vote of confidence for Andre James as he gets set uh, to fill some pretty big uh, shoes. Uh, you're in the huddle, Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. We want your calls as usual. Uh, so please um, you know, uh, give us a call at uh, 702 uh, where are we? 702-365-9200. Had to make sure I was giving you guys the right number, but um, uh, give us a call. Tell us what you think. Um, the Raiders are not finished by any stretch of the imagination. Um, they still have um, um, defensive back uh, to consider, and that's a position that uh, has been of big need uh, for a while now. Um, they're not closed on that. Uh, I was able to talk to somebody out at the, the facility today. Um, and there's there's definitely people that they have out their eye on uh, right now. Uh, and it's just kind of a matter of, hey, it takes two to tango. And so I think the Raiders have a budget at free safety of what they're willing to pay, especially on the guys that they're uh, looking at right now. Uh, but they're not going to uh, overpay um, you know, for that position. There's options in the draft. There's a lot of time uh, for numbers to come down. So it's something that they're definitely, definitely monitoring. Uh, tell you what, we're going to take a quick break right now, um, and uh, we're going to come right back. I got something I got to, uh, some technical issue I got to take care of, uh, but we'll be right back in the huddle of Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. 
Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. What is good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. on a Monday. Sorry about that. Had some technical issues on my end, but we're all good. Uh, want your calls, uh, 702-365-9200 on another busy day uh, here for uh, the Raiders. They uh, made a, 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 still waiting on word, by the way, uh, on Marcus Mariota. Um, all signs point to him. Uh, this is what I was told by somebody who uh, kind of knows what's going on. Um, all signs are pointing to him um, coming back uh, to the Raiders. Uh, it looks like on a um, reduced salary, remember, uh, Marcus Mariota was scheduled to make $10.7 million uh, this year. That's pretty rich uh, for a backup quarterback. Um, so uh, obviously, um, you know, in today's climate, in with, with the salary cap being reduced as it has by $16 million, um, salary cap is tight, and uh, there aren't that many backup quarterbacks as you look around the league making $10.7 million. And certainly uh, the Raiders value Marcus Mariota. They want him back, uh, but it's always been a case of if you're going to come back, uh, it's going to have to be at a reduced rate. Um, and so you know, from Marcus Mariota's standpoint, of course, as a player, uh, you want all the money that you can make, uh, get, that you can get, and they have every right, uh, and I'm all for that, um, to be honest. Uh, but sometimes you have to, you know, uh, come to grips with the situation, and uh, I think a lot of players are coming to grips with that. Uh, you look at some of these contracts that some of these players uh, that had, you know, visions for themselves of really cashing in this offseason. Well, um, thanks to COVID-19, thanks to the fact that there weren't fans in the stands, um, there's a lot of reasons why, uh, you know, that's not happening. And it's across the league. You can see it. You can see some of these salaries that some of these guys make, and you're like, wow, um, you know, that's, that's, that's not what he expected. You know, uh, you, you look at, um, you know, Juju uh, Smith-Schuster, there's no way that he thought that he was going to be uh, coming back this year with the Pittsburgh Steelers or $8 million. But that's the reality of the situation right now. And I think – um, you know, in a case like like uh, like Juju, all right, I'll play this year for eight million dollars on a one year deal. I want to get it out back, uh, you know, onto the market as quickly as I possibly can when new money starts kicking in with the TV deal, salary caps uh, start going back up again. Um, you know, so it makes sense for him to take a reduced salary or, or the salary, not the salary that he was expecting, uh, uh, and get back out of the open market as quickly as possible. In Marcus Mariota's case, I felt like. If I was him, um, and if I was his agent, I would have tried to work out a deal uh, with a team that was uh, where I had a chance uh, to potentially start. And I know that there was some team, there were some teams that were interested in bringing him, him in uh, in that regard. Um, you know, uh, let's say about a month ago, uh, three weeks ago, two weeks ago, right before you know, uh, quarterback moves started being made, uh, and 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 teams started filling their the quarterback needy teams started filling their slots. Um, if I was the agent, I would have taken a more of a long range view of the situation and said, "Look, I will. I, I'd even consider taking less money, uh, redoing the contract to take less money." Uh, or whatever it is, reduce you know the the uh, uh, the incentive clauses in my contract that might drive this thing up to nineteen million dollars or so. I'd rather 
go someplace where, uh, even if I have to take a little bit less money, go someplace where I have a chance to start in 2021, a legitimate chance to start in 2021. That's obviously not going to happen uh, in Las Vegas. The Raiders are Derek Carr's team, period. Um, you know, So if I'm Marcus Mariota, if I'm his agent, I want to get on in the open market uh, via a trade, even if I have to take a little bit less money to do so, to facilitate that, and then try to play myself into a much stronger position in 2022. Well, now when you think about it, from Marcus Mariota's standpoint, where are those opportunities to start that, that existed a week and a half ago? All right. Uh, the Chicago Bears have brought in um, Andy Dalton. They're paying him to come in and, and basically be their starter. The Washington Football Club uh, signed Ryan Fitzpatrick. Jameis Winston was re-signed by the Saints. Uh, Carson Wentz got traded to the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Cam Newton signed back with the New England Patriots. Those were all, you know, relatively viable landing spots for Marcus Mariota. And I'm just wondering if there was a, um, you know, uh, he and his agent maybe didn't want to take any kind of a pay cut to go someplace else for the opportunity to start, um, which is their right to do, no question about it. But as you look at the situation now, why would anybody want to trade for Marcus Mariota, give up anything of significance to Marcus Mariota when there's really not a need for him to be a starting quarterback? Washington is not going to trade for him now. They just signed Ryan Fitzpatrick. The Bears aren't going to trade for him now. They just signed Andy Dalton. The Saints aren't going to sign uh, Marcus Mariota. They just signed Jameis Winston, the New England Patriots, the Indianapolis Colts, all these teams that were at one point or another potential landing spots uh, for Marcus Mariota. Those no longer exist. Uh, and so, uh, okay, if you're Marcus Mariota and you tell the Raiders, and this is where uh, it's kind of been for the last, for a little while, I don't want to take a pay cut, even though the Raiders are saying, hey, you know, we're not going to be able to bring you back unless you do. And so Marcus Mariota, uh, for it seems for a little while, resisted that um, overture, which again is his right. Uh, but the problem is the Raiders still had his rights, and the longer they held on to him and the more these landing spots closed up for him, uh, be it trade or even if he got out onto the open market as a free agent to go um, you know, market his services to, in, not only did the starting opportunities uh, you know, all get gobbled up, so did the money, right? So if now he's in a situation where no one's going to trade for him, Probably, right? Right now, anyway, I don't see any reason, at least in terms of a big, you know, like a like a mate, like an asset that the Raiders would be really interested in, right? So that has been closed off to him. And so, too, is if he were to take, if he were to tell the Raiders, look, I'm not going to take a pay cut, and the Raiders' only recourse is to say, okay, then we're going to release you. We can't find a trading partner. Nobody's going to give up anything of significance for you at that number, $10.7 million. Um, and there, you know, there just isn't any opportunity like that now. And you know, okay, so we'll release you because we're not going to bring you back at ten point seven million dollars. If you're Marcus Mariota now as a free agent, where do you go? Uh, you know, for starting opportunity A and B, any significant money? You just saw, we just saw that Mitchell Trubisky signed for two point five million dollars to be the backup. That's where backup money is right now, and that's for a guy who you know. He, Obviously, he didn't live up to the expectations in Chicago, but he still got his team to the playoffs a couple of times. Um, so, you know, uh, what are you gonna? What do you? 
where are his opportunities now? So, so Vinny, uh, why it, would he voluntarily restructure just to get the money that we know if he hits the free agent market, he would probably already get? I feel like he's I'm being sorry. smart. He's being smart by like it's making the Raiders like call their bluff. Like, hey, it's either release me or I'm not restructuring. He's playing it smart. I think he is going to sign. That's the whole point. <laughs> I think now he is going to sign. That's all signs are pointing to I him. I don't think saying, he okay. should. I think he should. I think, hey, if you're going to release me, release me. But until then, I'm going into next season thinking think I'm making the, $10 million. I think that's the, the backwards way of looking at things. I think that he should have been more open to that in terms of a trade to go someplace uh, to get an opportunity to start. And, and even though he took less money to do that, lined himself up better for twenty for a big payday in 2022. Now, I think he's looking at it as, I, there's no real place to go to get any more money than what the Raiders are. It looks like the Raiders are saying, come back to us at $3 million, all right? And, and now, when you that's why I'm saying, when you look around the NFL, I don't even know if there's $3 million out there for him. Where what, you know what team would you think would pay him under this these circumstances to come in to be their backup quarterback for anything more than three million dollars? I don't think I don't think there's anything more than three million. But it's but if you're there the you team go. you gave him that same contract just last year, so so it's just um, from the um let's just say the and it was non guaranteed by the way. Okay, so. yeah, it's not guaranteed, but the deal of it. Last year, you thought I, w- I would be worth $10 million a season if things worked out. So, I know. If, yeah, if, if I got to take maybe even like a half a million less to go somewhere else, sure, why not? I'm going to be the backup at the same place. I'm sure one, any team out there would be uh, $2 million just to bring Marcus Mariota to be a secure backup. Sure. Do you think the Raiders, they don't want, they don't want Nathan Peterman to be their official backup next season? Well, I think there, I think there would be... I'm sure they would be. I don't think they want to, but they would be okay with it. But th- that's why, like, like I said, it's all it's all pointing to him coming back at a much at a, at a reduced rate, which he could have done. I mean, like I, th- because there really aren't any other opportunities for him now. I think he understands that now. I think his agent understands that now, and I think that there's some times where you could kind of overplay your hand, thinking about the short term rather than the long term. I, Marcus Mariota would have much rather have gone someplace, maybe to Washington, maybe to Chicago. Maybe I wouldn't have gotten, maybe I would have had to restructure my deal to take out the incentives that would have paid me $19 million had I pay, played X amount of games. I would have, I would have, I would have said, okay, cool. I, we don't have to do that. I will restructure it so that's not a, a possibility. I'll go to your place for $9 million, $10 million, and negate all the uh, incentives that, that were a stumbling block for teams to trade, him for, trade for him. I will not do that only because I'd rather have the opportunity just to start and play well enough to go get a big payday in 2022. Now he's lost an opportunity to showcase himself as a starter. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's the opportunity that I think he blew by not being open to restructuring his contract to facilitate a trade three weeks ago. Where was he going to go to be a starter? Like three weeks ago, if he would have like Washington. Well, who? uh, this was all before. Think about it. Ryan Fitzpatrick just signed with the with Washington this week. The, okay, I the, think that uh, maybe they want the, if you're going off last season's performance. I think you would still want Ryan Fitzpatrick what he gave you off of 
halfway, almost getting a team to the playoffs. I don't know. On some of the, I don't know about that. Yeah, okay, well, that's, that's, what I, it's un, we don't know. It's undecided. So why not hold I, the line? Stay that, strong. Think, hold think, the line. Call the Raiders bluff. See if you can get your ten million no matter what. They're not, they're not gonna. They're not gonna bluff either. He does it or they they release him. It doesn't. It makes no. I mean, it. That's that is. There's no bluff. They're not. Okay, and then if they release you, just go get two million that they want you to take. Just go get it somewhere else. Oh, okay. I, I, that's what I'm saying. I don't think even that is 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 necessarily that could be available to him. But we don't. I don't know at this point. A lot of teams have closed up shop, except for the teams that are going to be, you know, maybe drafting a quarterback. Like he's not going to go to the Jets. He's not going to go uh, to the Jacksonville Jaguars with the number one pick overall. He's not going to go. Um, you know, there aren't the teams that are that are that are in line to draft quarterbacks aren't going to aren't going to bring him in at this point. Um, so that's what I'm saying. I, th- I think the point that you're missing is I think there was an opportunity for him three weeks ago, a month ago, to facilitate a trade that could have put him in Chicago where he would have started or, I mean, unless he was just terrible in training camp, where he would have started. And he could have had 16 games to showcase himself, to put himself back on the market in 2022, showing, hey, look at the year that I just have. Now I've, I've proven again that I can be a, a viable starter. He's not going to get that opportunity here, and he's not going to get that opportunity anywhere else now in the league, and he's not going to get the money that he was hoping for this year. That's It's just like, you know, uh, so he has to kind of put his, his, his tail between his leg, come back to the Raiders, uh, and sign for the $3 million or whatever it might be, um, you know, as, as, as to, to, uh, in a reduced salary. But that's everything that is pointing toward that. When I think there could have been a better opportunity for him had he played his cards right, and that's 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 basically all I'm saying. I would rather bet on myself that hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna um, I'm gonna play well enough. I'm gonna take a little bit less money right now and play well enough because I believe in myself enough to put myself in a position uh, to wherever it might have been, Chicago, New Orleans, maybe uh, New England, the Patriots go play for Bill Belichick and. And see what you know, uh, you know what what might happen there, or wherever all any of those opportunities where teams were literally looking to bring in a starting caliber quarterback that no longer exists. Washington doesn't exist for him anymore. Chicago doesn't exist for him anymore. Uh, you know, New New England doesn't exist for him anymore. Indianapolis doesn't exist for him anymore. New Orleans doesn't exist for him for him anymore. They've got Jameis Winston. They've got Taysom Hill, and you know. I, I, and I don't, you know, if you're, if you now, if you're Marcus Mariota, you, you're, you're thinking to yourself, well, I, at least I know the situation here. I know the offense. Um, maybe there will be a role, you know, for me here that I can still be able to showcase uh, myself. But man, I'm just saying, I think I would, if I was him, I would have rather have gone someplace where I could have had a real opportunity to start and set myself up for a bigger payday when money starts really opening up uh, next year. So uh, in any case, um, it looks like he's going to be back with the Raiders, barring some 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 major surprise here uh, in the next few hours. Uh, and for, from the Raiders' perspective, it's it's a great situation because a you know that you have Marcus Mariota at a more prohibitive or less prohibitive cost um, than the ten point seven million dollars. And, and the other thing, uh, Devon, nobody could have accounted for how how uh, bad revenue was going to be in twenty twenty due to COVID-19. So that $10.7 million, which was reasonable last year, is no longer reasonable this year because of circumstances. And so it wasn't, it's not that the Raiders don't want to pay Marcus Mariota $10.7 million or they have anything against him or they're trying to shortchange him. It's just that, hey, the salary cap went down by $16 million. Now we can't 
afford to have a $10.7 million backup quarterback, nor really can anybody. There aren't, I, I don't think there's anyone that's making that kind of money, near, not even close to it, um, you know, as a backup. So, um, uh, what was what did uh, what did what did Jameis sign for? Let's go look what he signed for. If you can look that up real quick. Um, but anyway, it, from the Raiders' perspective, uh, it's a great situation for them because now you know they have the quarterback. They'll have the quarterback. It looks like anyway uh, at a number that they like. Um, and should something happen to another team, whether it's in training camp or early in the season, where all of a sudden they need a starter. Let's say a starter goes down. Let's say. The Chicago Bears just are not satisfied whatsoever with with uh, with Dalton, which I don't know how you could be anywhere near satisfied with Andy Dalton anyway. But let's just say he falls flat on his face, whether it's in training camp or the or the start of the season. And now they're like, man, you know, let's let's go look at Marcus Mariota, who now if is much is a much more attractive trade target for teams at $3 million at that point. And if a desperate team, if somebody gets hurt, if a starter out there gets hurt, um, you, and, and if you're, and, and, the, and that team turns to the Raiders and say, Hey, what is it going to take for Mark for us to get Marcus Mariota? Now you're in a better position to say, well, we want this rather than accepting that. So they're going to be able to uh, potentially uh, have a, a a much more attractive tradable asset at some point down the line if that situation happens. So while somebody right now might be offering a seventh round pick or a sixth round pick, there could be a situation down the line where a fourth round pick is a little bit more attainable. Maybe even a third round pick, depending on how desperate that trading team is. You're in the huddle, Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bahadur. No one gets you closer to the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. What up, what up, what up, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Monday uh, obviously, we're going to have to teach our producer, Damon. You know, he's young uh, and, and uh, full of potential, tremendous potential. Does a great job. But we got we to gotta teach him a little bit about negotiating 101 uh, and when to, when to play your hand. And if you sign me for $10 million, I want my $10 million. You don't have to teach me about nothing. They didn't. They didn't sign him to te- – they didn't. <laughs> they, they signed him to – that was not when, – when, when those non-guaranteed years, that ain't nothing but a holding uh, – a holding um, – uh, place uh, a placeholder basically uh, they didn't really that, that's and he signed the contract too totally understanding uh, that this could be an opportunity that 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 this could be a situation but the point is like you gotta bet on yourself sometimes man and I know Marcus Mariota I actually think this is why it's disappointing to me I think he can go someplace uh, and start you know um, uh, but those opportunities have kind of evaporated now for him and that's unfortunate. He should be going someplace to be a, to, to get a legit chance to start that had the you know for a team that had a legit opening, uh, even if he has to take less. Go bust your you know what. Play like you know you can. Play like you know you should be playing. Play like you did against the LA Chargers uh, for 16 weeks, and then go earn yourself a big payday in 2022. Show everybody what's up. Uh, but you know you want to. Uh, um, you know, maybe maybe quibble over, you know, uh, so, some money right now, I, and I don't even know that to be true, but it sounds like it is. Like 
there was an opportunity for him to get traded at some point. And I don't even care. It doesn't matter to me what the Raiders would have gotten. That's 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 immaterial as far as I'm concerned. Um, I'm thinking more about Marcus Mariota and the opportunity that could have been out there for him uh, that is no longer uh, out there. So uh, that's 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 my uh, two cents uh, on the matter. But hey, I'm not an agent, so um, you know what do I know? Uh, we're gonna go back out onto the Raider Nation guest line and welcome in my good friend and teammate over at the Las Vegas Review Journal, Sam Gordon. Uh, he is joining us on a Monday. Sam, how are you doing, my brother? Do we have Sam? Let me go get him back real quick. Okay. Um, but anyway, so uh, so so it is what it is. We'll get Sam back on the line here uh, in, in, in just a second. Uh, but another busy day. Uh, big sign of uh, confidence. Uh, for Andre James. And by the way, uh, I did spend the weekend taking a look at, it's not a lot, <laughs> but there is uh, video footage. Um, you know, I, I go on to NFL uh, Game Pass um, to, to, to be able to watch video footage and, and, and whatnot. But uh, there's, there's also uh, some good breakdowns, um, I think, on, on YouTube. But, but go check out Andre James when he has played. Um, there's a lot of upside there. I could see what the Raiders like in him. Obviously, uh, he's got to go out and prove it now. Um, but there's but but there's no um, reason to think, based on what I saw, that this dude can't be a uh, a, a, a satisfactory NFL center. And is he going to be Rodney Hudson? I mean, come on, it's Rodney Hudson, of course. That's that's those are big shoes to fill. We got Sam back. But if he can play uh, adequately and sufficiently, and um, you know, uh, and, and and be effective uh, at that price, um, then then that's that's good for the Raiders. Um, but they obviously have confidence in him because they gave him that uh, that that contract extension, uh, and so uh, he's got a real opportunity now to uh, to state his case uh, as the as the Raiders center for the present and the future. We're going to go back out, like I said, onto the Raider Nation guest line, Sam Gordon, my good friend, teammate. Uh, over at the uh, Las Vegas Review Journals, he has been all over uh, the UNLV um, uh, men's basketball coaching job, firing, hiring, all that. Uh, and so, before we get to um, UN or to to the Raiders, Sam, uh, I, no chance, none, no, no, nothing with Rick Pitino, huh? They they they're just not going to do that. Sam, are you with us? Yeah, I'm not there. All right, there we go. What's okay, up, gotcha. How you doing? Yeah, I'm good, man. So, so t talk me through why Rick Pitino just is not even. It's it's for you know it, it it's no chance, huh? For twice now, uh, they have had an opening, and Rick Pitino has been out there. I know there, there's some baggage, but I mean the dude would put people in the seats. He'd get recruits. He'd win games. Uh, he'd make this a viable uh, program. What's the deal? Uh, they, they just don't want to touch him, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, the, you know, the controversy is one thing, but then you, you, you at Iona, he's got the $10 million buyout, and that's just, I think, a little bit too pretty of a penny. But, um, but I mean, is there anybody, Vinny, who's more Las Vegas than Rick Pitino? I mean, I don't exactly. think so. <laughs> I'd be hard-pressed to you. I mean, Elvis Presley, maybe? Uh, Frank Sinatra? I don't know. Uh, he, he, to me, feels as Las Vegas as, as it gets, but they went out, the UNLV obviously went in another direction with Kevin Kruger. Um, Lon Kruger's son, who was on the staff last couple of years, and now time to see what he can do. Time to see what he can do. He's not Rick Pitino yet, but you know maybe someday we'll see this season. <laughs> yeah, no question. And obviously there is baggage, but man, uh, the, the, that that buyout 
if he if he, he if he you know keeps his his uh, hands clean and everything like that, and just does what he is capable of doing. Uh, that ten million dollars pays for itself uh, after a while. So, um, anyway, those—that's just my two cents. But uh, on to the Raiders. Uh, hey, a, a, a big sign of confidence, vote of confidence, I should say, for uh, young Andre James uh, hasn't played a snap as the Raiders' uh, starting center, but uh, the dude gets a a nice little payday, a nice little contract extension. What were your thoughts uh, when you, when you saw that? Yeah, Vinny, I think, I mean, you know, I was obviously surprised, a little surprised like everybody else um, to see to see the team move on from Rodney Hudson. But when you take a step back and kind of look at where the offensive line was, I mean, it was it was getting to be an older unit, and Rodney Hudson um, was expensive. And no doubt he's earned that money as one of the best centers in the league. But this is a roster, uh, as you know, as you've been all over, doing a great job um, covering the last week, uh, week plus. It, it, there's a lot of moving parts right now. And, and when you have an opportunity to get a little younger on the offensive line, Maybe to get a little cheaper, um, it makes total sense. And what I what, what intrigues me about the Andre uh, about Andre James, when he's, he was a tackle in college, right? He played on the right side and the left side, so he has experience playing a number of, uh, of different positions across the line. Now going to be settling in at, at center, and he had a couple almost you know redshirt years these past couple of years where where he he had an opportunity to kind of sit back and watch behind behind this veteran offensive line to practice and, and to really get reps and ha- kind of have an understanding of what it takes to. To, to, to play this position and, and to learn behind Rodney Hudson the last couple of years. I mean, that's not a, that's a pretty good teacher if you ask me. So um, the Raiders get younger across the offensive line. Uh, they, they, they get a little bit more athletic, I think. Um, just, just like you said, checking in on Andre James and seeing what he brings to the table and, um, and gives him an opportunity to kind of really anchor um, what's going to be a, a new unit this year. So it's a big time vote of confidence. And, and I think the, the, the last couple of seasons really did him well. No, no pressure to play right away gets to sit back and learn and develop and kind of polish his game, and we're going to see what he brings to the table this fall when the Raiders get going. Yeah, and, um, you know, there was a lot of speculation on why the Raiders would do this now. Well, um, you know, Andre James is going to be a, a restricted free agent um, next year after the end of this season, uh, and I think that, um, you know, if he plays really well, then all of a sudden, even at a restricted free agent status, uh, you know, and all of a sudden now you're you're starting to look at, Maybe having to pay him more, or another team gets into the fray because now it opens himself up to thirty-one other teams uh, that can potentially, um, you know, negotiate with him or offer him a contract. And it always takes one to offer a crazy contract, and all of a sudden now the Raiders are having to pay more than they envisioned. So locking it up now um, negates that possibility. So they have him here through twenty twenty-three, and and they did something similar with Darren Waller. I know. Uh, people have pointed out that Darren Waller was signed after his first four or five games uh, of that season in, in 2019 with the, with the Raiders, but there's a difference in that too. I know it was. I know that you know uh, um, Darren had showed them a body of work, uh, albeit five games, but at the same time, uh, and 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 James hasn't. But James has been in this building for two years. They have an idea of what they have in him, I would imagine, and so it makes it gives them a little bit more comfort to go ahead and and extend him knowing after watching him for two years behind the scenes what they have. Would I, does that make sense? Oh, 100%, Vinny, 100%. And let's not discount the Tom Cable effect either, right? I mean, this guy has been in the game for 30 years, you know, coaching offensive lines, multiple NFL teams, has had a lot of success. We know he was part of a, a Super Bowl in Seattle. Um, he knows what he's doing. And the, the the offensive line, I mean, with the injuries and, and with the coronavirus and all the things that happened last year, I thought for the most part, now I'm not saying it was perfect, but for the most part, 
that unit was able to piece itself together and, and play pretty well in front of Derek Carr and, and keep him upright. And um, with him in the fold, with him in the fray, and with veterans around him, with Richie Incognito coming back, um, with, with Colton Miller, uh, who, who is very, very close friends with Andre James, by the way, both, both UCLA guys, uh, with him coming into his own and, and emerging now and getting better and better and better, um, I, I think, I mean, they, they, like to your point, they've seen enough from him or else they wouldn't do this. And it's, you know, getting him this money early is, is a reward for the work that he's put in the last couple of years. They're also, they're also taking care of him and, and that's a giving him a vote of confidence and putting trust in him to, to fill some really big shoes for Ronnie Hudson. So, so clearly they believe he's up to the task. They wouldn't just do this. They wouldn't just move on from a Pro Bowl caliber center. Um, for no reason. Uh, I, I believe it was a calculated move, and, and that's because Andre James has shown enough uh, in the last couple of years with his development that they believe he can come in and play, and, um, and I'm looking forward to seeing what he got. Uh, absolutely, and uh, we're talking to Sam Gordon, my good friend uh, and teammate over at the uh, Las Vegas Review Journal. Uh, an interesting signing uh, today. I thought the Raiders would be closed on the defensive line, but they continue to tweak it and add to it. Um, you know, I, I, I know that in talking to people over in Henderson, uh, the term unacceptable has been um, uh, thrown out to me uh, in terms of what happened last year. The production was unacceptable last year. Uh, I think it was 12.5 sacks by the entire defensive line. I know the Raiders had 21 sacks, but I want to say most, you know, you know, a lot of those came from outside um, uh, the defensive line. So they have to get that fixed. Uh, they made some moves last week, uh, and they continue to make moves today. And there's an interesting one, um, uh, Darius Phylon. Uh, he played for the uh, San Diego and Los Angeles Chargers from 2015 uh, to 2018. Signs a nice little deal with the Arizona Cardinals, um, and then immediately gets arrested uh, for um, um, assault, uh, and the Cardinals cut him. Okay, uh, well... It's been two years. He hasn't played in a game since. Uh, prior to that, in 54 games, uh, 19 starts, he had 80 tackles, 9.5 sacks, two pass defense, and two forced fumbles with the Chargers. Uh, but it has been out of football. The um, case is closed. It was dismissed. Uh, so there's no more legal issues that he's dealing with. We'll see what the NFL, uh, now that he's back on a roster, we'll see what the NFL has to say about any sort of suspension or anything like that. Uh, and that's pending right now, uh, a review. But I mean, the numbers aren't too bad uh, for a guy that I'm sure came on a very, very minimal deal. This one has is kind of interesting to me. There's there's a little bit of upside here after you know, assuming all the legal stuff is out of the way and the NFL doesn't drop a, any kind of a hammer. It might not be such a a, a bad signing uh, coming off the bench for a guy coming off the bench. Uh, I couldn't agree more. I mean, couldn't agree more. And, uh, you know, like, like if you go back to that 2018 season that you mentioned with the Los Angeles Chargers, a very good Los Angeles Chargers team, by the way. You were in L.A. for that, um, a, a team that went 12-4. and four, And uh, he started 13 games for the eighth-ranked scoring defense, right? The eighth-ranked scoring defense. And, oh, guess who the defensive coordinator was in, for the 2018 Chargers? Gus Bradley. So there's a familiarity there. Gus Bradley knows what this guy's good at, knows what his strengths are, knows what his weaknesses are. And I think defensive line is, is a position kind of like offensive line where you can't have enough depth. There's, there's no such thing as having too many productive defensive linemen. Um, we know that the guys, that's a player where, you know, guys can get fatigued over the course of the game. And if you have a rotation of guys that are productive that can come in, play, play a few snaps here, play a few snaps there, keep your top line fresh, uh, that makes the pass rush, the, 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 the run, the run uh, defense, makes it all the more effective 
uh, over the course of the game. And like you said, what, what, what the defensive line provided last year wasn't nearly enough. I believe it was one of the big problems. Uh, probably the biggest problem that defense had was the inability to generate pressure. And, and he's generated pressure from the defensive tackle spot. Uh, four sacks, I mean, four and, a, four and a half sacks in 2017, four sacks in 2018. Look, nobody's saying he's Aaron Donald. He's not that, but he's proven to be a productive player. And, and if, like you said, if the legal thing plays itself out and if he's on the field, um, he has a chance to be a pretty productive player in that defensive line rotation. And uh, it's, it's one of these signings, many low risk. High reward. Um, it makes sense that you want to add depth to that defensive line, given how it played last season. All right. So um, to date, uh, aside from signing, uh, re-signing uh, Nevin Lawson, uh, a reserve uh, cornerback, the Raiders have not done anything in the secondary. And I know that for me, uh, it was the top priority uh, and still is. Uh, free safety is absolutely a priority. Um, there's some intriguing prospects in the draft. I was told today uh, that the Raiders are in on uh, a few guys. They have their eyes on them. They, they're, they're, they're in pursuit. Uh, I think they have uh, a budget uh, that they want to spend on that position and have obviously some players in mind to, to spend it on, but it takes two to tango. And thus far, uh, no signings uh, have, have come. But are you surprised uh, that that position hasn't been uh, addressed yet? Yeah, a little bit. Um, I mean, I thought they were going to be players for, for one of the, the you know one of the, the, the top free safeties. Obviously, um, John Johnson goes elsewhere. Anthony Harris goes elsewhere. And those were, I, I think, in my opinion, uh, the top two free safeties available. But um, like you said, there's the draft. I mean, you never know what, what can happen here in the next few weeks or leading up to the draft or even um, in training camp or, or leading up to training camp if, if somebody's disgruntled or if somebody becomes available that way. I mean, you always see that happen uh, every year without fail. Somebody kind of emerges, a primetime player that you wouldn't expect. It's in a contract dispute or an issue like that. I'm not, I don't know if it's, I'm not definitively saying it's going to happen, um, but it, it's more, more, more than likely. And, uh, and we saw that last year, even at the safety position, with a Jamal Adams who ends up going to the Seattle Seahawks. So um, I, it, it definitely is a position that needs to be addressed, uh, especially with, with the style of defense. Uh, we know Gus Bradley likes to play a lot of cover three, and it would make sense that you bring in a safety that can drop back into that middle third and, and make some things happen and, and be a factor in coverage. So uh, I'm definitely surprised that they haven't addressed it. But, but to go back to the defensive line, um, even, even at the status quo, even if where you're at, based on all the help they've had in the defensive line or the way they've fortified that pass rush, that should stand to help whoever's in the secondary uh, next year anyways, even, even at, as it currently stands. And I do believe it's still a position they need to address, but with Nagakwe, uh, with, with Max Crosby coming back, with Cleveland Farrell another year under his belt, with the depth they've added, Mo Hurst, um, you know, just the, the, the way they've rounded out this defensive line, Solomon Thomas, uh, it, it, it figures to be a much more productive unit that's much more capable of generating a good pass rush which makes the, 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 the safeties and corners makes their jobs that much easier. So, yeah, you still want to address that, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's in crisis. I don't, we're not in crisis mode yet. Now, if, if it's after the draft and we're going into the season and there's still nothing there and it's still the status quo, then, yeah, you know, maybe we need to have another conversation. But right now, uh, I don't think it's anything to panic about. There are still options in the draft. There, there are going to be starters available. Yeah, no question about it. And uh, uh, Gus Bradley has uh, shown – uh, that, a willingness over the years to start safeties uh, as rookies. So uh, I'm sure, I'm, I'm pretty much guarantee, uh, he's got his eye on some uh, safety candidates in the draft that he feels can can hold down the fort. And that's why I think they are being disciplined uh, at free safety. They've got a budget in mind. They're not going to um, you know go crazy to try to sign somebody. Uh, they believe that 
it's pretty obvious they felt like the main um, issue was trying to get pressure on the quarterback. Um, and, and they've certainly, if nothing else, brought in bodies uh, and possibilities to address that. Uh, and we'll see what happens uh, now with the, uh, with the free safety and slot cornerback. Uh, and right tackle. But, of course, uh, Sam Gordon is always going to be all over it. We appreciate the time, Sam. Uh, keep up the great work, and we will talk to you down the line. Anytime, Vinny. Appreciate you guys having me. Talk soon. Uh, you got it, man. Sam Gordon uh, from the Las Vegas Review Journal uh, always does a uh, fantastic uh, job, uh, and I appreciate him. And you can follow him on uh, Twitter at by Sam Gordon. You're in the huddle, Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bahner. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at six nine one eight seven or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is in the huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio nine twenty a.m. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Um, in the huddle, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Hope you're having a great Monday. Hope you had a great uh, weekend. Uh, hold on while I text somebody here. Um, uh, this is what we do as reporters. So we get our information. Um, anyway, so uh, a busy day for uh, the Raiders, and uh, most of it was... Um, you know, the big signing, obviously, was Andre James, their young center, and the vote of confidence that they gave in him as the heir apparent um, to Rodney Hudson. Uh, Andre's been in the program for two years now, so the Raiders have a good idea of what he's all about. Uh, he's gotten on the field extensively in one game. That was his rookie year <clears throat> um, back in 2019 uh, after an injury to Rodney Hudson. Uh, played reasonably well, and... Uh, you know, if you watch the tape, you could see the athletic ability for sure. Um, obviously, he's gotten bigger and stronger since then. That's usually what happens uh, when you're in an NFL program. Uh, so I'm sure he's put some weight on. Um, you know, just it just that's how it works. So uh, the Raiders believe uh, in him. Uh, that doesn't mean they're handing him the job by any means. They did sign Nick Martin uh, from the Houston Texans. Has over 60 career starts at center. Uh, so there's your backup center and or competition insurance, just in case Andre James can't get the job done. So, you know, kind of protecting their their bet on Andre James with a uh, a proven veteran. I mean, you know, Nick Martin isn't the greatest <laughs> player in the world, uh, but he's obviously been a starter, a long term starter for the uh, Houston Texans. I think for the last four years it is since 2017. Um, and you know, here's a guy that's played in playoff games. So, uh, he's been there, done that. Um, and, and he's a guy that, uh, is going to be able to come in here and add, uh, insurance in case Andre James can't, uh, hack it or if Andre James gets hurt. So not a bad thing to have, to have two centers and combined, uh, they're making less than what Rodney Hudson uh, was making. So listen, um, Rodney Hudson was a stalwart uh, on this offensive line, uh, a tremendous player, uh, tremendous in the community. Uh, he checked off all the boxes, <clears throat> and I think that he's going to go to the Arizona Cardinals and, and, and do what he does and be one of the best at his position. Uh, but, you know, unfortunately, uh, you know, with the NFL and, and the salary cap and, and the way things work, um, it's just you have to make hard decisions. It's this constant flux of trying to fit 53 pieces of a puzzle into a puzzle and making it all work under the salary camp. And there's mechanisms, um, you know, where, where you're able to, 
go over the cap, quote unquote, you know, by by spending a little bit more cash, by converting or by <clears throat> manipulating the cap, by you know, restructuring deals and converting salary to signing bonuses and all that. But you know, at the end of the day, all of that money, every last penny um, of it, somehow, some ways, it, when when you're talking about the guaranteed money of a deal. Somehow, some way, it gets uh, accounted for, whether you're doing it today or tomorrow or three years from now, uh, depending on how you structure a contract or restructure a contract, uh, you have to pay the piper uh, under that salary cap at some point. It's always going to be something that affects the way you do business, not so much in how much money you have in your pocket, but how much money you have on the ledger when it comes to the salary cap. And you know, when you look at the $9.7 million that Gabe Jackson was making, you look at the money that uh, that, that, that Rodney was making, uh, you look at what Trent Brown was, was owed, uh, $14 million for 2020, uh, that's a lot of money um, at that position group, and I think the and you were they were starting to get a little bit long, you know, uh, in, in the tooth as well. So I think that a decision was made to get a little bit younger, obviously a little bit more cost effective, uh, in order to divert those resources to to other positions. So that's what they did, and it hurts. It's not. I mean, I, I gotta say this. Uh, for anyone who doesn't think that um, John Gruden would love to pay everybody every single cent that they believe that they're worth and probably are worth, um, I just you, you don't you, you're you're one thousand percent wrong. He'd pay him and then some. Trust me, but you can't you can't pay everybody what they want because, like I said. It's a big, huge financial puzzle that has to fit under a salary cap, and you and every piece has to fit together. So, hard decisions get made. Uh, we wish, obviously, everybody wishes Rodney Hudson the best, along with Gabe Jackson. But in the Raiders' eyes, uh, it was time to get a little bit younger, a little bit cheaper. That's what they were doing. Now we'll see if these guys can can hold up their end of the bargain. The Andre James is the Denzel Good goods. We'll see what happens with Richie Incognito if he's got one more year left uh, in the tank. Uh, you got John Simpson, um, you know, backing up the two guards. We'll see what happens in right tackle. Uh, took a long look at uh, tackle prospects uh, that are in the, uh, you know, in the draft. It's a really, really. I'm just saying, it is an excellent draft for tackles this year. So I wouldn't freak out if they don't do anything at right tackle during free agency. Uh, there's going to be some plug-in day one starters available to them, whether it's at 17 or. Um, in the second round. Same can be said for the for safety. There aren't as many good free safeties, but um, uh, I think at either well at 17 they should have their uh, a choice of one. And in round two, uh, if the draft breaks the way I think it's going to, I think they're going to have an opportunity at one of the one of the top safeties too, and a guy that could probably start day one. You're in the huddle, Benny Monsignor. Brought to you by Tequila Embajador. <laughs> 